Hey, everybody, this is Omar Miranda with What's Your Problem, uh, the weekly podcast for youth and young adults. Uh, I am recording live from my uh, the luxurious furnishings of my dining room in my home. And as I look out uh, on my side and front lawn, I am uh, it's raining right now and I'm seeing cars passing by. And I think it's a perfect day to talk about this issue. Well, what issue am I talking about? First of all, before I start talking to you about the issue I'm going to talk to you about, I wanted to tell you the purpose of this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is basically to help uh, make examples to encourage youth and young adults um, to not let anyone think less of them. Don't let anybody think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. That is a letter from a guy named the Apostle Paul in the New Testament to um, a young man named Timothy. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is to help you to be a stronger Christian. And how we're going to do that is we're going to spend about 15, 20 minutes uh, once a week talking about issues having to do with uh, what Jesus says in his Bible and uh, what's happening in the culture and how we live our lives as Christians. Today, I want to talk to you uh, about sex and sexuality and what the Bible says versus what the world says. I don't know if you heard about this author, but there is an author by the name of Nadia Bowles. I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Nadia, that's a hyphenated last name, Bowles Weber, B-O-L-Z Weber. She is um, an ex-Christian uh, pastor, and she wrote a book called Shameless, A Sexual Reformation. Shameless, A Sexual Reformation. It'll actually be available uh, on the 29th of January uh, in a couple of days. Um, I want to tell you up front, don't, <laughs> don't buy it. The reason why we're talking about it is because um, a lot of people are really, really excited about this book. Um, listen to what some people have, have, have said about this book, that this book is raw, intimate, and timely. Nadia Bowles Weber's latest book, this comes from the, net, the, um, the Amazon.com review, Latest book offers a full-blown overhaul of our harmful and antiquated ideas about sex, gender, and our bodies. Now, that is what one um, reader said about her book. Listen to what the author herself says. Ready? Christians are obsessed with sex, but not in a good way. For generations, countless people have suffered pain, guilt, and judgment as a result of this, listen, these are her words, toxic fixation on sex, the body, and physical pleasure. Um, she basically slams what God and his Christian church has to say about sex and sexuality and paints God as, quote, keeping people from flourishing through their own sex and sexuality, unquote. You know, it sounds to me that she has drunk the Kool-Aid and bought into the same age-old satanic lie that for some reason God, through his Bible and ultimately his character, has, has somehow kept something good 
from people, from humanity. And really the only way to make sure that we get our needs taken care of is to rebel against God. That will be somehow happier, healthier, uh, living with more pleasure, power, purpose, uh, and joy uh, if we kick God to the curb. Um, <laughs> let me just skip to the end. Uh, let me give you the the Reader's Digest version, the, 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 the short version uh, of, of this entire talk. Are you ready for it? Here it is. You will never be happy living your life without God. The only way that you're going to be fulfilled, the only way that you will not have toxic sexuality is to do sex God's way. What is God's way? Real quick. God's way is one man and one woman getting married and having sex with each other and only each other for life, period. Now, you want to disagree with me? I would love to talk with you. My email address is Omar Miranda at Comcast.net, O-M-A-R-M-I-R-A-N-D-A at Comcast.net. You ask, wow, that is really judgmental, very judgy of you, and uh, that's very exclusive of you. Listen, um, I'm going to tell you the three reasons why I believe this. Number one, because I myself am a recovering sex and porn addict. Um, I, uh, I got involved in uh, in looking at pornography, and um, having sexual relations with people in the sixth grade. And I didn't really start um, really coming out of it and really addressing the core issues until um, a good friend of mine basically outed me and gave me 24 hours to tell my wife what was going on. Um, and that was, uh, it was about mm, a, little, a little under 20 years ago that that happened. And so from personal experience, I can tell you um, nothing positive or good ever came from those experiences. Number two, um, I am a counselor. I work with uh, children, teenagers, mostly teenagers and uh, college students and young people who are married. Um, and um, I specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of sex and pornography addictions. Again, my interactions and all the books that I'm reading and all the trainings that I've done, all the clients that I've talked to, they have expressed that um, doing this their own way has just left a wake of destruction and depression and despair. None of it has been good. And lastly, number three, I am the father of two teenagers. And um, I live in the popular culture and I see how this issue just destroys people. It absolutely destroys people. So listen, spoiler alert, please don't waste your time, energy, and money on this book. Don't buy this book. Don't buy it in hardback. I'm sure it'll be out in paperback. Don't buy this book that celebrates rebellion and exchanging, worshiping ourselves and our own sexuality and our own wants and feelings and thoughts and needs and goals and dreams instead of God. You want to know how this turns out? You can read the book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 1, the second half of that chapter, where Paul talks about if people decide to just follow their own wants and thoughts and needs and uh, replace worshiping God um, by worshiping themselves, they just devolve. They get worse. They get sinners become sinner. Yes, I made up that word. You have to pay me a quarter every time you use it. It, it never turns out well. So. 
I, I, I want you to understand, I don't hate the author. I think she's a very bright, intelligent woman. I think she is a woman who has been hurt uh, deeply. And I think she's writing from a, from a place of pain. And I, I do think that there are very many people in, in, in the Christian church that are somehow toxic in how they communicate uh, what the Bible says about sex and sexuality. They use that to judge people. They use that to hit people upside the head. Listen, the Word of God should never be used as a hammer, but should always be used as a bandage. It should always be used to help and heal people and give them hope, not hurt them and give them despair. The bottom line is, when we choose to sin, we choose to suffer. You cannot live your life apart from God, especially in in this area of your life. I have seen a great many people make all sorts of of inappropriate and poor choices. But you know what? Uh, There are none that I can think of. Maybe, well, maybe drugs and alcohol, but there are none that I can think of that are so damaging so quickly to somebody and the people that they're around other than someone choosing to, to get involved in the wrong kind of sex and uh, thinking they can take care of their own needs by themselves. So I want you to t- make sure that you, you take a moment and pray for this author. Her name again is Nadia Bowles. Make sure I'm getting it right here. Nadia Bowles Weber. Let's make um, let's make a promise to pray for her and her family and and their and their readers because basically people who are involved in this type of behavior and this may be you you, you know you may be listening to this and may be involved in uh, masturbation or sex outside of marriage or sex uh, before marriage or may be involved in looking at something you ought not look at posting things you ought not post. Um, uh, taking pictures you ought not take, laughing at things you ought not laugh at. But pray for Nadia, and pray for all the readers, and, um, and pray for people you know who are involved in this issue. I want to take some time just to talk with you um, about um, the fact that these worldviews that, that she is espousing in this book, the worldview that basically says God is a great big stick in the mud and he just doesn't want me to have fun. I want to share with you at how Christians, now I'm not talking about the world, I'm not talking about non-Christians. Sinners sin. That's what they do. We cannot be surprised or upset or angry because somebody who doesn't know Jesus or say they know Jesus is not living like a Christian. This podcast is written for people who call themselves Christians. Listen, listen. If you know better, do better. Now, again, you might think, man, Omar's so judgy. Listen, I, I, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you what Jesus says in his word. We're going to go through uh, three three scriptures. The first one I want, I want to share with you is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah chapter 17, the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament, uh, he said, this is what he said. He said, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Now, he's not talking about the actual organ of the heart. He's talking about people's hearts. He's talking about their their wants. He's talking about their needs, their desires, their, their character, their personality, their dreams, their goals, those things that make us uniquely 
human. You might think of it as a fingerprint, like a soul fingerprint. Um, you are you. There's there's no one just like you, just you. And so he says, you know what? He said, people, their hearts, their desires, their goals, what they want, they're wicked. And people people change. At 8 o'clock in the morning, they might want one thing. At 8.01, they might want something else. At 8.02, they might want the thing they wanted at 8 o'clock. They change that fast. And the problem is we let our hearts lead us as opposed to leading our hearts. Well, how do we do that? Well, I'm going to get to that at the end of at the end of our time together. I'm going to talk to you about how to lead your heart. Listen to what the Apostle Paul, um, the Apostle Paul was one of Jesus' followers, and he wrote a large majority of the books in the New Testament. Um, and the book is, of course, comprised of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament. This is what he wrote. He wrote to to Christians in a city called Corinth. That city was super duper like hypersexual. They were living in a culture where it was kind of relativistic. People just did what they wanted to do. They would say things like, that's your truth, not my truth. They worshiped a, multi- a multiplicity of gods. Um, so the parallels to that culture and this culture are very, very strong. And and the whole, the whole letter of 1 Corinthians was not a positive letter. Basically, Paul was snapping on people. Um, I don't know about you, but I know my parents growing up would say things like, hey, look, I've told you this before. Why are you acting like this is the first time you've heard this? And so here Paul is telling them something about how they're living their life, specifically about how they are living their lives as they express their sexuality. Listen to what he wrote. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. I love that. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or, or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. What did he start with? Those who indulge in sexual sin. And what did he say? Don't fool yourselves. You cannot say you are a Christian if you are out, right, consistent, purposeful, and living in sexual sin. You cannot do it. The Bible says if you have the fruit of a fruit tree, of a certain fruit tree, you can't call yourself an apple tree if you're bearing the fruit of an orange. It doesn't work. You're an orange tree. So you cannot say that you're a Christian and yet living an open, outright sin. Again, Paul is not saying that if somebody is trying to stop these things, if they do something and they from their heart repent and they're sorry and they confess their sin and they ask God and they're trying to put in measures in to help themselves stop. He's talking about somebody who is blatant, punching Jesus in the eye, spitting in his face, turning it back on him saying, I don't really care. I'm not going to accept the gift that you gave me of eternal life. I'm going to do what I want to do. You cannot call yourself a Christian. And more importantly, you cannot shield yourself from negative consequences. They're going to come. Here's the third scripture. Now, again, this is Paul writing to Christians in, in the city of Galatia. Uh, unsurprisingly, this book is called Galatians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. This is the longest one. Listen to what he says. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Remember I told you, how do you lead your heart? How do you lead your heart? This is how. 
You let the Holy Spirit lead your heart. We'll get to that in a minute about what that means. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. But these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before. Now listen, listen. If you're playing with your cell phone, checking your email, getting online, posting something on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, put it down, listen. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't inherit it, period. You know why? You might think, golly, God is really judgy. No, he's not. Heaven, heaven is a perfect unselfish place. Sinners sin and they're selfish. If God were to let you into heaven, you would be absolutely miserable. So by someone's lifestyle, by their choices, they exclude themselves. What the Bible calls, quote unquote, God's judgment is basically him just agreeing with what you want. That's all it is. God's not being mean and hateful. He's giving you your natural consequence. So if you live your life to please God and you're and you're you are partnering with God's Holy Spirit inside of you, and you're not giving into the flesh, which is also inside of us, and you're saying to God, Hey God, I need you to work in me. I need you to help me. I need you to 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 help me to be uh, pure, to help me to love you more than anything or anybody else, he will. But here's the kicker. You got to do it every day. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I got to do it multiple times a day (laughs) because choices have consequences. Choices have consequences. Listen, I have two teenagers. I've been married for over 20 years, but guess what? I still battle and struggle with inappropriate temptations to watch certain things I shouldn't watch, to look at certain things I shouldn't look at, to laugh at certain things I shouldn't laugh at, to post certain things I shouldn't, well, maybe not post certain things I shouldn't post. But the point is, my flesh will always be a part of me up until I get to heaven. When I get to heaven, I'll be totally sanctified. I'll be glorified. I'll be perfect. Up until that time, I'm working towards sanctification. Yes, I say working because the Bible says that I work in tandem. I hold God's hand. In fact, what did Paul say? He said, how did he say it? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. The New International Version says, keep in step with the Spirit. Walk hand in hand with the Spirit. How do you do that? Again, it's simple. You asked God every morning to be with you, but it's not easy because remember, you're fighting against your heart. That's sinful. I hope that this short time that we had this discussion helps you to understand and to be prepared for people talking about this book because you're going to hear about this book from every everybody. People are excited because 
um, some people have said that this book is helping people like not be toxic. That li- listen to what listen to what this author says. The author says this is a journey of holy resistance along the way as antidotes to shame, heresy, and all too familiar injustice. That Bolsweber dispenses grace, freedom, and courage. She basically says, and I quote, that the church, again, is toxic. The church is not toxic. God is not toxic. The way people communicate sometimes is toxic. But God's truth is truth. And you can't get around truth. It's either true or it's not true. It's either hurtful or it's either helpful. I hope this information has been helpful to you. If you have any questions or if you have any any ideas, if you have any topics you want me to cover, you can shoot me an email at O-M-A-R, Omar Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A, at Comcast.net. Omar Miranda at Comcast.net. I sure would love to talk to you. This is Omar Miranda. What's your problem? I'll catch you next week. Hey, don't forget, like my mama always said, love Jesus, make good choices. Bye-bye.